0: This is the Tuesday edition, where we talk with you about the Bible and its relevance for today, every Tuesday at 2. I'm Justin Doms, and uh, in just a moment, I'll introduce you to uh, our other panelists, too. First let me we invite you to interact with us live. You can chat with us on the YouTube uh, live chat. We'll be watching that throughout today's discussion. But if you have other questions or comments after our, our study today, uh, whether it's about today's uh, topic or any other topic, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at our website at BibleQuest.tv. We want to talk with you about the questions and concerns you have in your journey to know and to serve the Lord. Uh, today we have Scott Smelser with us. How are you doing, Scott? doing all right, Justin. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's been a, it's been a busy day so far. I'm on the run. Um, I, know, I know you're on the run too, but I want to take time to pause and, and do this study. Um, what's, what's on our agenda today?
1: So we're picking up in Mark chapter 14, verse 26. Uh, And I'm going to read that text. And since it relates to the Mount of Olives and uh, Jerusalem and such, the geography is not the most important thing. The most important thing is what's about to happen to Jesus. But you've been over there. And so if you would kind of paint this picture in uh, a way that people can kind of visualize what's going on here. So previously in the chapter, um, Jesus had been anointed at Bethany. And then they have come and uh, he's uh, taken the Passover, I would assume here in Jerusalem. And then they're going, we, we get to the, and he institutes the Lord's Supper. Now, verse 26 beginning. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. So kind of set the stage for us, and then we'll start talking about the details.
0: Well, I mean, there there here is the last uh, chance that Jesus is going to have to eat this meal with his disciples. Uh, He's eager to have this memorial with them. Uh, But you talk about being in Jerusalem. I've not actually been in Jerusalem. Uh, I've gotten to see it uh so scott's referring to a time when this last october i got to go with a group called appian media to make a documentary uh, in egypt and jordan so i actually got to go up to mount nebo and look down and i got to see the the dead sea i got to see jericho and on a clear day you can also see the mount of olives and jerusalem um so it's really cool um but it's kind of like in the footsteps of Moses, where Moses got to yeah, yeah. see, but <laughs> didn't get to go in. Yeah. Uh, you but, still, but still, it was, uh, you know, to think of Moses on that mountain, having this conversation with God before he's going to die. And you can look down at the mountain where Jesus had this conversation with God, you know, before he went to be betrayed and, and be killed. It was uh, an emotionally intense moment for me. Uh, but but from the Mount of Olives where they're going to go and Jesus is going to be praying, uh, you can see the city, and think about: is it night? They don't have halogen bulbs, they don't have electricity, so when the mob comes out with you know clubs and swords and torches, I mean Jesus knows they're coming. But if if the disciples were not sleeping, they could see them coming. Um, but it's it's this. Uh, middle of the night moment, all is darkness. They're coming out into the darkness to find Jesus. Uh, Jesus knows he's walking into a trap, uh, but he is not trying to avoid it. In fact, he's trying to prepare his disciples for something that's worse than the the trap. It is they're falling away. They're they're being scattered. Uh, Oftentimes the physical troubles are not our main troubles. It's the spiritual uh, disasters that are awaiting us. So he's trying to prepare Peter saying, you're gonna be tempted. You're gonna betray me. You're uh, gonna deny me three times. And Peter is just emphatic, not gonna happen. Uh, Which reminds me of another time where Jesus was saying, this is going to happen. And Peter says, no, not gonna happen. Um, Jesus says, yes, I'm the Christ. This has been revealed to you, but um, I'm gonna be betrayed in the hands of men. I'm going to be killed and on the third day I'll rise. And, and Peter says, no, not going to happen and Jesus has to rebuke him. Uh, Peter kind of reverting back to an older
1: yeah. Peter here. Yeah. And so here they go. So this would be uh, as I would understand the chronology Thursday night, the crucifixion I believe is going to be on a Friday. I, I think that's pretty easy to see from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, And then the women will rest on Saturday and they will come find the empty tomb on Sunday. But this would be Thursday evening and uh, going out to the Mount of Olives. So Jerusalem's uh, up in the hills and mountainous region. In going east, you're going to go down to the Brook Kidron and then up the Mount of Olives. And there's going to be a garden up there, the Garden of Gethsemane. But he, he makes a statement uh, and he also mentions the thing about after I'm raised up, I'll go before you to Galilee. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time on this now, but just put a marker there. Uh, in Matthew and Mark, it's you'll see me in Galilee. In Luke, it's they see him in Jerusalem and stay in Jerusalem. Uh, in John, we get the fact that he showed himself there in Jerusalem, and then went up to Galilee, and then I believe they went back to Galilee and remained in Jerusalem, stayed in Jerusalem until the uh, the day of Pentecost. But let's let's think about Peter here. Um, do you think Peter minute? Absolutely. I um, mean, he's he's
0: just so emotionally invested here. Um, I've got a note in my Bible for Proverbs 20, verse 6. Uh, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. Um, yeah. You know, P- Peter is dedicated. He's committed. Um, but just just saying that you're committed isn't the same as actually being committed. I think maybe the reason he's, he's not is because... He's not on the same page as Jesus. Jesus is expecting to be arrested and killed. And Peter thinks, no, this is still, because he's not been listening, he's not prepared.
1: And and I think, I think also he means it. And uh, he, he says, if I must die with you. I, I think at that moment, if somebody came up and they threatened Peter, you know, you let us have Jesus or we're gonna kill you. I think he would have stood up against him, and I think he would have died. You know, maybe he would have cowered there, uh, but I don't think so. We'll talk more about detail in that because somebody might say, "Well, Scott, it, it's not going to be very long before he is being a coward." But something's going to happen between then and now. So let's continue to read. Uh, pick up force, please. Oh, and and he said, "I'm reading from the ESV." if i must die with you i will not deny you and even if all the rest you know and and it's not just peter because mark says they all said the same but it's it's singling peter out right right,
0: right. yeah i can read 32 through uh through 42 if you want they went to a place called gethsemane He said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping. Their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer. He came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping, taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be
1: going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So from the other gospels, I think all of the apostles, uh, except Judas, he left during the the proceedings back in Jerusalem and going shortly. I think all the other apostles go with Jesus over here, but he then went farther with just three, Peter, James, and John where else do we see Jesus doing something with just Peter, James and John?
0: Yeah. Uh, he goes up on the mountain. We call the mountain transfiguration, right? And there he is transformed before them. Something of his heavenly glory is displayed for them.
1: Yeah. And with uh, the resurrection of Jairus's daughter, takes just Peter. James. Oh, that's and John. right. Yeah. I forgot. So about that. These are kind of a core three, uh, and they were, they were three of the four fishermen uh, that had been partners, uh, uh, Peter, James, and John. And while Jesus is praying, uh, they're sleeping. Uh, but notice what he's praying. He, he's in agony. Luke especially mentions the agony that he's in. And, but he ends his prayer with, yet not what I will, but what you will. Uh, why is this so important and so powerful for us?
0: You know, I think I was having this conversation recently with someone, um, and, and Jesus never sins and they, they were making the point, well, Jesus had it easy because, you know, Jesus isn't attracted to sin. Well, I mean, I think that's true in some ways, Um, but we think back to the devil and the temptation in the wilderness. Uh, It's not really a temptation if Jesus doesn't in fact want those things. he'd been fasting 40 days, he offers him bread. He wants the kingdoms, Uh, Satan offers him those kingdoms. Um, And so here Jesus demonstrates that he wants not to go through with what he's about to suffer. He wants not to face the cross and all of that implies, uh, but now is the time for him to show that he's not in this just for his own sake, that he's actually gonna do the Father's will. He has to submit. And that's that's what each of us has to choose to do. So I, I find this um, really challenging because Jesus had to do what we're being asked to do uh, and it meant for him going, of the death that he knew was coming and he could have prevented it i mean jesus could have called down angels he could have destroyed the world in the moment but he chooses to heal
1: yeah and and i think this is deeply important um so i want to open discussion here and it may we may speculate a little bit and if we do let's clarify where we're speculating and and where the text says things but i if we discount Jesus' example by saying, well, he was Jesus, uh, of course he didn't sin, uh, we're, we're missing something. Now, he was Jesus, of course, the Bible says he didn't sin, repeatedly, right. lot of texts that say that. But let's stop and think about why he didn't sin. Just, just from a practical point of view, why didn't Jesus sin?
0: He prioritized
1: the yeah. father's
0: will above his own,
1: yeah. Yeah, um, he told us, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and and that's what he's doing over and over in the gospel of John. He says, I'm not going to do my will, but the father's. He shows that he's depend he's depending on the father for his words, for his teaching. He's, he he uh, used to operate with a dependence on the spirit for his miracles. Yeah. Not believe because I think he couldn't have. But I don't think that was his purpose. Uh, I've often put it this way. Jesus came to earth not to show us how to be God, but sh- to show us how to be people that obey God. Right. Paul and Peter will be doing miracles, but who do they have to depend on? The spirit. And when Jesus is t- accused of, "You did that by the power of the else," Jesus points out, "No, I did it by the spirit mm-hmm. of God." All uh, right, so yeah, he prioritized. What would you say? What would you say? Are some advantages Jesus had in not sitting?
0: You know, we're we're told. Oh, advantages by not sinning or advantages that kept him from sinning.
1: Yeah, like like when Jesus was born, um God knows that Jesus is not gonna sin. Right. And he doesn't sin. Uh when you and I were born, nobody thought, oh, <laughs> these two right. babies are gonna be sinless. Right. Uh and we've we've proved, you know, that quite true. Um Did Jesus have some advantages that if we'd been in the same situation as Jesus, maybe more often we would have made better choices?
0: That's an interesting question. Um, I I think of one in in that Jesus uh, would have... I mean, he he knows the end. uh, And I don't know to what extent he knows... Begins, you know. There's a sense in which just because God has all strength doesn't mean He's always exercising all strength. Just because He has all knowledge doesn't mean He's always exercising all knowledge. Uh, But you know, there's that passage in Luke that says, "You know, the boy Jesus grew in wisdom." Yep, yep. And I don't, I don't know how, you know, the, the omniscient God grows in wisdom, but He's a human, like you said. Yeah. So so it's, but but to some extent, He knows the end. Gain. He's got the plan in mind. And so we often are deceived thinking I can I can get some immediate pleasure. I can get some immediate satisfaction out of this. And Jesus is looking to the end and says, if I'm going to make it to the end, then I've got to follow through and not sin.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so here, here's three things. Uh, suppose you and I had existed from eternity in the form of God.
0: It's hard to imagine but I, yeah, I, yeah.
1: I, I, instead of just beginning as a baby and then a toddler and then a adolescent and then a stupid teenager and then a stupid adult um if we had existed from eternity in the uh form of God do you think we would have taken some things more seriously that we didn't yeah 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 um do you think if we knew where we had been for eternity and we know what we're about to do and we know we're only going to be on earth 30 years 33 years do you think it would have been easier for him to have a this world is not my home i'm just a passing through sure yeah Uh, i I
2: think
1: so and if we sin well here um is a tightrope walker going to take more chances or less chances if there is, or is, or is not a net underneath it?
0: Yeah, if there's no net, then, I mean, this is the one shot you've got, right? So better not mess up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do we know there's a net?
0: Because of Jesus, yes. Yeah. I see where we're going with this. If, If Jesus, Jesus is the one and there's, if he fails, I mean, the universe
1: comes undone. Yeah. So let's put together from that three things. Um, Jesus values life in eternity. Jesus understands the temporariness of this earth. And Jesus took seriously the concept of even committing one sin. Yeah. Now, we didn't exist from a. didn't exist before we got here. Uh, if we fail, there is an advocate of the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and we can start over afresh. but can we learn something from what Jesus did there. If we took more seriously how temporary this is, if we put more mind on eternal life and if we took more serious one sin, how many times in our life when we did fail, would we have not failed?
0: Yeah, I think that's, aside aside from being a little bit of speculation, I think it's still practical, it's helpful to think about that. You know, there's stuff there we, we can't know, um, but you put me in mind of Adam and Eve. If if Eve had in that moment paused and said, you know, let me check in with God and see what he thinks about this. Yes. And he explained, by the way, if you eat that fruit, you fully get the choice. But if you do, let me just give you a vision of what's going to happen. Yeah. And she zooms through history and sees every evil that's ever been committed over thousands of years.
1: I think she would have said,
2: no, yeah, it's not yeah. really worth it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. God knows that we are born behind enemy lines. Yes, we grow up in this present evil world, and He knows that on our own we are not going to make it. And He has offered grace to us. Yes, um, Hebrews says something about help not offered to angels, but is offered to us. Uh, this is not justifying what we've done, but God knows that we we do have. He, he knows our condition, but he's calling us to something better. And if we will put on the mind of Christ, because we're told about it and we're told what he did, if we will learn from Jesus to take it more seriously, yeah. if we will, like Jesus did, realize this world is not our home. We're just strangers and pilgrims passing through. Uh, this is not, all, you know, the, the, the end all that everything else is beyond is more important and to take sin seriously then of course we can do better than many times that we have done so I think there's a big lesson for us to learn here and then yes. comes to this text here
2: yeah
1: I think lots of times and here's some speculation but I'm just going to tell you right I think lots of times it was easy for Jesus to do the right thing uh when jesus is walking by the Bill of and he sees a broken-hearted woman whose husband has died and now her only little child has died and he tells everybody stop and he raises the boy from the dead and hands him back to mom i don't envision jesus going away just like man that was miserable i hated doing that but it was i i think that would be really cool you know i would love to be able to do that for somebody uh and some of the devil's temptations i mean if you've been 40 days without food right. man you know the idea of getting to have bread right now that could be really tempting but you know jesus is facing temptations but i don't he's like going, oh man, I wish so bad I could just worship Satan and get all those beautiful kingdoms he showed me in a minute of time. Man, I want to do it, but I better not. He's being offered temptations. He's saying no. But right here, what Jesus would personally want is not what needs to happen. In the flesh, And being the Holy Son of God, there's two types of suffering. There's going to be the physical pain of the, the scourging, the, the everything else. There's going to be the mocking of being blindfolded and then beat in the face. And that was who, pro- you know, the, the, the challenging and everything. And then just the, who can know what it would be like to be absolutely holy and then bear the sins of the whole world? Take them upon him, and he he can't be looking forward. He can be looking forward to the salvation it can bring. He can be looking forward to doing the will of Father and the finishing the plan. But you can't. You yeah. he's about to go through. A misery that we can understand part of and don't understand part of. Right. This is why, to me, this instance in the Jesus of life is one of the most powerful examples we have. Because this time it's not raising, handing the widow name, name her child. This is going to be hard. And it would be a lot easier, a lot more pleasant, a lot more to not have to go through this. And yet he gives the example of what for us to do in times like that. He says, not my will yours be.
0: And, and the fact that he did that uh, in in
1: obedience
0: to the father, uh, out of trust in a father, uh, but also out of love for us. Yeah. Um, and then I think about the times that I've said yes to self and no to God. And I'm just, I'm not worthy of that kind of love. Right. Uh, the way the way you're phrasing some of this makes me think, you know, Adam and Eve, when they ate of the fruit, they were found to be naked. Um, they had a choice, they made the choice to sin and they were found naked and ashamed. Uh, Jesus is making a choice here. In Genesis three, man was found naked. And here in Mark 15, we're gonna find that God is made naked. Um, he's gonna be stripped bare on the cross uh, because he chooses to love and to sacrifice himself. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know the, the weight of sin that he's about to take on himself. There's a phrase here that he uses in verse 36, remove this cup from me. Um, you're f- familiar with this phrase. I mean, I, my, my understanding is this is a reference to the cup of wrath, yeah, you know, the old Testament, like Psalm, Psalm 75. I've got a note here I made some time ago. Um, where it is found in the prophets a lot, but it's also found here in this Psalm of Asaph, Psalm 75, verse six, for not from the East or from the West, or not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but this God who executes judgment, putting down one, lifting up another, for in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed and He pours out from it. And all the wicked, of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. The idea is that you know, we think of karma, right? We think of, uh, you do something bad, something bad happens to you. you. do something good, something good happens to you. Well, the Bible doesn't teach karma, it teaches justice. And God sees evil people, and so he gives vengeance, wrath. Uh, and so he says, the wicked will drink this cup of wrath, this foaming cup of wine, sort of like a potion of of suffering. Yeah. And Jesus is about to drink this cup. I, I think that's the idea here. And like you yeah. said, for someone who'd never tasted sin, This has got to be a shock to the spiritual system um, that he's going to suffer on the cross. I I can't imagine what this is for him.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what it would be like, but I I pointed out that Jesus died to accomplish good things, but he didn't die for good things. He died for horrible things. Uh, Everybody listening to this podcast, stop for a minute and think of just a handful of the most shameful things that you have ever done, that you just, you you just want blotted out, and you just, you just discuss it with yourself because of the ways that we've done. Sometimes that's what Jesus died for. Jesus died for rotten, selfish, mean, ugly, depraved, wicked, shameful things. And what would that be like? I, I'll give a quick analogy. I don't know that this is there's things here beyond our comprehension because like John the Baptist is not worthy to untie his shoes, uh, but the difference between us and the holiness of God is just it's vast. But we're called to imitate, him. be holy as He is holy. So thank right. you, this Is a good. Uh, I'm trying to make this fairly quick. First house I ever bought, it was up in Rhode Island and uh is a little small nine hundred square foot house did not have city sewage but there was a cement disc out in the front yard and under that a pit and it was kind of a rock pit and it got wider it's dark down there and every once in a while i would call the septic company to come out and they would drop this long thing down there and pump it out i don't know if it was a cesspool or if it was cesspool connected to a septic system, I don't know. But it may have just been a cesspool. Whatever the case, you know, I call the truck. They come out one time. They drop it down in there. They turn it on, and the suction is just you know sucking up all this filth. And all of a sudden, boom! It got stuck on something. And the guy says, "Oh, I picked up something. Must have been a rock." And he starts pulling up this filthy pipe. Yeah, you know, it's uh, a bendable pipe, and he pulls it up and it sucked up a black elbow piece of pipe. He tosses it aside, sticks it back down. And I'm thinking, that pipe maybe needed to be down there. <laughs> was, was it a leftover piece they just left down there, or was it so your appendix? <laughs> and so I'm thinking, well, you know, there's a big tree in the front yard. I could tie a rope to that tree and I could lower myself down in that pit and I could take a flashlight. No,
0: so, no, no. To no. the
1: bottom. I could look around and see if that needed to go somewhere and if so, fix it. And what you thought is what I thought. I started thinking about, you know, maybe there's something need to be fixed down there, but I'm not willing to get that filth on me. And so I decided that that system was going to have to go without me going down there and taking care of that. Because I didn't want to lower myself and get covered with that filth.
0: Is that a true story? Yes. If it weren't, that'd be a great illustration. <laughs> wow. Well,
1: I think a true story could also be. <laughs> <lead on. laughs> <laughs> the it did it made me think about
2: wow.
1: you know if Jesus had, had the same attitude that I had about going down in that hole because I thought you know there, there might be a problem down there but then as I thought about what it would entail to fix that problem I'm up here above ground and not covered with filth and I just wasn't willing to get that on me, yeah. to go fix the problem. Well, and, gee, and, if you had that, where would we be?
0: And you know, the, the cross was, I, I can't imagine the cross, um, which is, you know, every first day of the week, we're told to think about the cross. It's important that we try to imagine. Uh, it changes who we are, but that's difficult enough. But part of the reason why it was so hard was was because he'd lived the life that he'd lived yeah you know it, it was the 33 years leading up to that moment that was hard because he had to be pure and holy but if he hadn't done that he wouldn't have been prepared for the cross because he had he had dedicated his life and then all of the eternity past this is the moment like this is this is where you make good on all the promises you've ever made to man uh to be the
1: redeemer And uh, when he
0: done, the do it.
1: it is finished right well, he's a right. but he's, he's so different than the thief who's he's also on the cross. So this is interesting. It it's other people were crucified that day, but he doesn't yeah. have the same suffering that Jesus has. He's got the same nails. Right, right. Got, but there's extra suffering that Jesus has, and that guy realizes, he says to the other thief, Hey, you and I deserve this. Right. He's done nothing to this, Right.
0: Yeah, and and that that shows up in the ways that even creation is responding to Jesus's suffering on the cross. We'll we'll get there later, um, but Jesus gets the weight of this moment. The disciples they're exhausted. You know, it's been a busy week. It's here in the evening. They're meant to be praying. Uh, they need God and His help more than they need sleep. Um, and Jesus, you know, the the second time doesn't even bother to wake them up. He just lets them rest. Goes back sleeping, and I I can't what this would have been like for him emotionally, relationally, to come back. And these are your dearest friends in all the yeah. world. And they don't care. They, they don't they don't even begin to know. You've been telling them all this time, you're about
1: to die, you're about to die. And they're they're sleeping. Um and here's Peter telling you. Oh no, no, th- th- even if they do, I won't. Even if they have to tell me, I won't. Right. And you know.
0: But like you said, this is, is an opportunity for us to think about uh, how many times am I asleep on the job? Uh, Jesus has his will for me in my life, things that he wants to accomplish, and I just don't see it and I don't care. And I'm busy thinking about what I want, um, thinking about my relief and my pleasure instead of thinking about your will, not mine be done. Yeah. 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 Well, do, do we want to read one more section here before we close off? Yeah, let's do Go ahead. Um, I can read 43 through 51. Immediately while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs and the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. They laid hands on him and seized him, but one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me, but the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. So Jesus is there in the garden, um, still trying to uh, get to his disciples um, when Judas shows up and they've they've got the swords, the clubs, um, this huge crowd. Uh, Interesting that they've got the swords and clubs. Uh, I don't know if they were afraid of the 12 or thought there might be more disciples, but I imagine if it were me and it were my task to arrest a man man who could calm storms, cast out demons, raise the dead, uh, yes. I'd be a little nervous,, yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. come out armed to the teeth uh, yeah. to arrest this man. Yeah. Um, but then Judas says, out oh, it's the one I kiss because I imagine in the dark, right uh, which which one is it? Uh, and they all look like Jewish men. He wasn't the tall, handsome guy with the blue <laughs> like, in any picture of in the children's Bibles, like Jesus is obvious. Like you he's, he's got the blue or the red, sometimes the red, uh, but this is different. And so he's got to, you know,
1: betray him with a kid. Yeah, and that's that's why they need Judas because in the Gospel of Matthew, it's especially clear that over and over, they're they're they, they're trying to get him, but they're afraid of the crowd. They're trying to get him, they're afraid of the crowd. So they need to know where he is away from the crowd. But that means at night in the dark. And so they need somebody to identify. And then this says, one of those who stood by to restore. Of course, we know from elsewhere who's the one.
0: Yeah, it's Peter. It's Peter. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, earlier in verse um, 37, I didn't catch this until reading this time. He said to Peter, at Simon, and I don't know if that's intentional or not, but he didn't call him Peter here. Right. He didn't call him the rock. He called him Simon.
1: And and Peter here, I think, is demonstrating that he was serious about what he said before. Um, how many... So he took a sword and he struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Uh, I don't think that's like a... You know, uh, a trick move. Oh yeah, what's this? Uh, I don't know if the guy had on a helmet or what, but I, you know, the, I don't think the ear was what was being aimed for. Maybe the fellow moved his head. But how many swords did the, the disciples have? It's we true, know from, right? Yeah, from the Gospel of Luke, they had just had a discussion about. It. So it's not like Peter thought everybody was armed. Let's get him. They've just had a discussion about swords, and there's two here. She said, that's enough. Whatever that means, right? It's very unclear. Uh That'll do. But he knows there's only two swords. And here's this, all these bad guys, and there's only 11 of you and Jesus, and he takes one of those only two swords, and he's ready to go at it. He wasn't teasing, kidding. He he meant it. And if he'd have died right there, you know, he... he but what happened? What does Jesus do when Peter tries to do it? Peter's what? I won't oh. deny you, even if I have to die with you. He's... And what what happens? Jesus. Yeah, Je- Jesus just turns to the crowd,
0: you know, and just offers him all. He surrenders,
1: essentially. And, And we know from the other Gospels, he tells Peter to put away the sword. And then Jesus lets the bad guys win. And they tie him up. Now, if you've ever watched a film of a guy being arrested, you know what it looks like after he's handcuffed and he's being put in the back of the squad car. And maybe he was a powerful politician. Maybe he was a corrupt mayor. Maybe he was some big chump. Maybe he was head of some company or he was some big Wall Street guy. But when he's handcuffed and being stuck in the back of the squad car, how does he look? He's powerless. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter was willing to die, I think, for the Jesus that could calm the sea. He was willing to die for the Jesus that could control fish under the sea. He was willing to die for the Jesus that could walk through a crowd that was about to kill him and you know they threw him walk away and 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 not let him take him. He was willing to die for the Jesus that could stop a storm. And now Jesus doesn't. And Jesus, it looks like quits. And Jesus lets the bad guys win. Now this, we... this is
0: the supreme demonstration of, of meekness here. Um, uh, I don't know if you know who Jordan Peterson is. Um, I heard him give a talk once about what it means to be uh, a man, <laughs> and he describes this idea: you've got to be a monster. You, the, the idea was you've got to be able to do really powerfully ugly things, but then choose not to. If you're weak, you can't do those things. You're useless. You have no strength. Jesus has within him this power. He could be a monster if he wanted to be. I mean, look at Psalm 18. You know, Psalm 18 describes God as you know, like flame coming out of his nostrils, smoke coming out of his ears, and he's got wings, and he's just – He's terrifying, and and to David that's very comforting. Uh, Jesus here has this great power, and yet he surrenders. He's got himself under control. Yeah. This this is the. It's not a weak Jesus. This is the scariest side of Jesus I think we've ever seen.
1: Yeah. If yeah, it's and he doesn't use any power. He doesn't call ten thousand angels. He doesn't, you know, do a Darth Vader. You know. Uh, on all the bad guys he he is laser focused he lets him win and of course peter himself will understand later and he will say right remember jesus of nazareth the guy who did the miracles and you killed him this was by the predetermined plan of god mm-hmm. uh but peter doesn't understand that right now and so i think this is why we go from brave brave peter willing to die to coward, coward Peter not being willing to tell a little maidservant girl that he's Jesus. Because it looked like Jesus gave up. And if Jesus gave up and didn't fight back and told Peter, Peter did fight back and Jesus told him to stop, and now he doesn't know what to think, so yeah. he's going to follow a far off. He's going to be at that campfire while those horrible things are going on inside, and then the girl's oh, going yeah. to say, "Hey, you!" It's not the girl he's afraid of, right? Those guys. Yeah. And the most powerful, one of the most powerful pictures of repentance, is when Peter is going to stand up to those same men after another event that will change Peter. So this changes Peter and confuses him. A later event is gonna change Peter and reaffirm him and he'll be able to stand up to those very same men and say, we are not listening to you, you know, and keep on preaching Christ. So powerful. Yeah, but, but
0: Jesus here, he's just, he's so, I mean, he, he knows that losing is the only way to win. Um, if, if, if he fights back, if he, uh stands up for himself and everybody loses and so um he he shows us what it is to suffer he shows us what it is to suffer on purpose you know to do it intentionally everyone in this life suffers but jesus showed us what it looks like to put your life in the hands of god and trust him and go through this um and and then peter's going to write about suffering in first peter you know the disciples are going to get a better idea of what it looks like to win you know it doesn't look like earthly power it looks like a trust in in eternity and a god who gives us hope because it's very different
1: yeah so those paradoxes of jesus the first shall be last the last shall be first he's alive yeah. for my sake all those different things let's look, notice 51 and then finish up for today a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth around about it they seized him and he he, he just Let's him kind of like when Joseph ran away from Potiphar's wife, and it's like <laughs> somebody's trying to get away. Yeah, you know, football game. How many times have you see somebody grab a jersey? Right. They don't go. Oh, I don't want to tear my jersey. No. <laughs> uh And who is this? It doesn't seem to be one of the apostles, right? A young man following. And it's generally thought that this this little aside note here a person that would know this would be the person that it was, right? And he really thought that this is Mark. Um,
0: another option, another option. Um, it could be you, it could be me. Um, but I think there actually was some man, it may, very likely may have been Mark. Um, interesting that Mark shows up and the only time he writes himself in the story is this shameful moment. Um, but it could be a stand-in For future disciples, am I going to leave Jesus? And if I do, the only way to leave Jesus is to run away naked uh, and afraid. So instead, you know, stick with him, follow through, don't leave behind your Savior, follow the Lord, and you won't be left naked and ashamed.
1: Coming up here on the cross, there's so many challenges for us. You know, that you got two thieves, they're both guilty. One doesn't turn to the Lord. One, Mm Dots, we don't get to be the guy in the middle, we get to decide if we're going to be this one or that one, right? Uh, we're we're going to see Pilot who would like to do what's right, but it's gotten too complicated and wants to be all sorts of things. Um, so it is going to get very, very interesting here. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, we'll look forward to
0: picking um, back up next time.
1: Yeah, not next time. Next time, I think we're going to be uh having uh Fred Singleton on for a discussion about the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Oh,
0: that's right, that's right. Okay.
1: Next time that Justin and I are back to Mark, we'll be picking up with yeah. three. Thanks, Justin. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's got me thinking about lots of things. I'll take with me. Uh, but for everyone listening, that concludes our discussion today. Hope you found it helpful. If you did, please uh, please share it. Uh, We hope this reaches uh, people who are in need of the gospel. If you have other questions or suggestions for future studies, uh, please send that our way. You can go to BibleQuest.tv. Thanks for joining in. God bless. Hope you have a good rest of your day.
2: All right.